Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a news and notes episode for everyone. We're going to chat a little bit about United States Women's National Team news, NWSL Challenge Cup roster updates. But first, before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. You can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Hit subscribe so you never miss exclusive interviews or whenever we go live in and you can always uh, let us know how you're feeling about us and how we're doing on the episodes. I'm excited to chat a little bit about women's soccer news. As always with you, Lisa, how are you doing today? Sandra, I'm good. I'm I'm really good. We rolled out our first Title IX Tuesday last week. We have our second one coming tomorrow. Um, and this series is very near and dear to my heart because we got to pick the guests that we spoke to. We got to pick the topics and the conversations. And um, we were recording them out of order of publishing them. This is a sneak peek behind the scenes look at how this works. And we just finished recording one and I have chills. I still have chills from our conversation. So if you haven't already, check out our Title IX Tuesdays that are happening. We did last week with Sam U.S., U.S. Women's National Team midfielder and Kansas City current midfielder. And we have another great episode dropping tomorrow. So I'm actually like juiced up on that right now, Sandra. How are you doing? I'm with you. I'm amped. Like having some of these conversations with all of these phenomenal women in different spaces mm-hmm. right of sport um has been really like humbling and also like amped like amplifying in the same way i'm just like guys like how am i both like in awe and also like jacked up from having these conversations uh you know with some of these uh amazing people in this space and obviously our first one with sam U.S. drop like you mentioned that was a fantastic conversation and yes we're celebrating title nine and talking about all that but we got to take a little bit of a dive into some united states women's national team things right talking about the settlement uh talking about points that she wants to see right in the next cba right so it's, it's a good one everybody should check it out if they can something else i'm also really excited about lisa is uh it's March. So we've got March Madness coming up. Let's talk about it really quickly. March Madness is March 17th through April 4th. Attacking third listeners, we want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game. I'm going to be in there. Lisa's going to be in there. We're going to, we're going to have former United States Women's National Team star Lori Lindsay a part of that. You know, our social uh, uh, media guru, Sydney, will be participating with us. And, and we want you to join along in the fun as well. You can join us at cbssports.com and the winner will get a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. And who really out there just enters just one pool? You can create your own, uh, create a group to compete against other friends, and you can fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 
Final Four. You can play on the CBS Sports app or at cbsports.com, and the link will be in the description of this episode. So uh, go go ahead, see if you can uh, see if you can beat me. I, I'm I'm sure someone out there can. Right? I challenge everyone to try to beat me. I love March Madness. Ooh. I love making brackets. I love college basketball. Okay, um, I'm very good. I host a few for okay. my friends. And I'm challenging attacking third listeners now. Let's go. Okay. Oh, my. This is putting people on notice. I love that. I energy. I let's am. go with that. You know, it's that's why they call it madness, right? March madness. We'll see. Madness. Uh, and let's go, Marquette. There you go. You got it. I was about to say, like, you always got to rep your set. I love that. I love that. Let's uh, let's I'm excited. Let's see if people join along with that. Let's 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 jump in. Let's dive into back into women's soccer content. Let's chat a little bit about some news that's dropped uh, to talk about and kick things off this week. The United States women's national team announcing their friendlies for the next upcoming international window already it's going to be taking place in april they announced the matches on april 9th and the 12th versus uzbekistan uh the united states uh, will be playing these matches in columbus ohio and in chester uh pennsylvania uh at uh, and this is going to be the uh i think the 10th time that they played you know in, mm-hmm. in columbus ohio and uh and it's going to be the eighth visit to subaru park uh, which is also the home of the philadelphia union of MLS. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway from between this uh, coming out of this, this news drop, Lisa, is that they're set to play this pair of friendlies against Uzbekistan. Uh, it's going to be the very first meeting of all time between both of these programs. And they're not just going to play one, but they're going to play two matches against each other. And uh, Uzbekistan um, ranked 45th overall in the FIFA rankings. So uh, maybe a little bit of a mixed reaction, right? When we're mm-hmm. seeing a little bit of news like this drop, we're coming off of a Sheba Leaves Cup title win, really, yeah. uh, for this United States women's national team. And there was the narrative there, right, within that. Like there were a couple storylines of, hey, younger roster, coaching staff wanting to see uh, or get additional looks at uh, younger players, sort of next-gen players, and the opposition that they were facing is is different from maybe when the She Believes Cup tournament first was introduced and founded, right? Where there was sort of this concept of like, oh, the top 10, you can watch top 10 ranked teams in the world go go head to head. And it sort of evolved into a little bit different and branched out and expanded into other teams and other participating regions, right? So we started to see the integration of Conmebol teams, other CONCACAF squads in the mix, right? And other Asian federations. And now for this uh, international window in April, the one that takes place right after She Believes Cup is going to feature uh, games against uh, Uzbekistan. So when I saw that right away, I'm like, mm, there's a there's a real possibility that we might continue to see a little bit of a trend here, Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. Like we might see another young roster. What were some of your impressions when you saw this news drop? Um, as a lot of fans, I'm sure we're reading this release and looking at it and saying, why are they even playing Uzbekistan? Um, what is a lot of times fans look at this and kind of blame the competition as to how it's not going to challenge this team. Um, however, 
I really enjoy this because it's a chance for them to actually play, to travel to some different cities. I mean, they're coming to Philly, so I'm obviously excited about this. Um, But it's a chance for them to play and play in games, which isn't always an opportunity. And I think that it speaks a lot to U.S. soccer and Vlako Andonovsky saying, okay, here's a FIFA window. We're going to play in it. We're going to compete somehow, even if it's against a 45 ranked team and it's going to be the same competition back to back. Um, But we're going to give it a chance to showcase younger players, showcase different players, showcase different formations, different styles, uh, which we already saw in the She Believes Cup. It also gives them a chance to travel to different parts of the country. I mean, going back to Ohio um, and Columbus is a huge fan base for the United States women's national team. And then getting to come to Philly, it's also doing the, I, I almost want to say like grassroots work of promoting themselves across the country because this is a great opportunity for young players in Columbus and in Philly to go watch them play live. So like there is a whole other aspect of that. But also when you are playing, um, which the U.S. rosters typically have been over the last few roster breakouts from She Believes, and I'm sure for these friendlies it will as well, be younger, uh, less capped players. You don't want to throw them up against top five teams in in the FIFA rankings. You want to give them almost like softballs a little bit. I mean, not horrible softballs, but you want to give them competition that is going to test them and stretch them and make them think and actually give them the confidence. So then when they are facing a Spain, a Germany, a Canada, they have the confidence to score goals and to be dominant because they've already done it. They're not climbing this mountain anymore. They're sitting on top of the confidence mountain and now they're just putting their skills to the test. So I, I I like this. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We're getting games and that's pretty fun as well. Right. Um, But we'll kind of see how it unfolds and see what happens. I do expect a younger roster and I I kind of expect to see some different things from this team. I I think Considering the opposition, yeah, that's that's got to be the 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 next step. You know, play around a little bit. Maybe you see some some different things. Uh, mix it up. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're we saw with the drop of, of this news, we're actually reacting to it not in real time, but within uh, the same timeline of that it was recently announced. So we're seeing re- additional reporting adjacent to the news uh, that they will be playing these friendlies in April against Uzbekistan. Uh, talking a little bit about why the opposition is Uzbekistan, that there are sources saying that there was actually a, a top uh, team from Asia that was, uh, you know, sort of aimed to, to, to be the, the opposition uh, during this window, but a combination of required quarantines, government regulations made travel uh, a little bit difficult, right? So reporting from both Meg Linehan and Jeff Kasuf that we're seeing uh, on this type of stuff and thinking about how this window of time in April for us, Lisa, we know we just got done covering combat yeah. women qualifiers, right? And that was just the preliminary round of that. The second uh, wave of matches for CONCACAF qualifiers will be taking place over the course of the same window. And then you also have UEFA with, uh, you know, European, uh, you know, matches sort of also taking place. So the difficulty uh, of scheduling top flight teams, right? So to speak with this combination of scheduling issues and also the pandemic still impacting this type of scheduling is what ultimately 
made the option of like, hey, do you play this window or do you not play this window? And who can you find to play this window? And we know that the United States women's national team, more than maybe any other national team in the world, is a team that constantly finds themselves getting together, having camps, playing games. I don't think it's an option to not take the opportunity to participate in this window, right? So Especially when the pool of players is changing and young and and right like take every opportunity you get to play a game yeah so because so because of that that's where we're at like you said this is the opportunity that's uh that's in front of it so i'm sure other things will come out right we'll probably see a roster that will eventually uh drop in terms of the players who will be participating in these two matches and we'll get to maybe chat a little bit more about what we think we could see out of that. But United States set to uh, participate in a, a couple of friendlies for April 9th and April 12th against Uzbekistan. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for The Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Let's talk a little bit about NWSL preseason because we've absolutely been doing that alongside everything else, right? The Title IX stuff that we've been doing, any of the United States women's national team news that we've been covering. NWSL preseason, absolutely in full swing. We've done team-by-team previews for all 12 clubs. Please check them out as they drop. But there's also been a couple preseason matches for some Mm -hmm. of these teams that we maybe should talk about a little bit. Now, these are, again, these are uh, preseason scrimmages. So all of them, with really the exception of one, weren't typically, uh, you know, accessible in terms of being able to watch, right? If you're a fan and you're trying to look for preseason matches. Uh, but let's that was me as a fan. I was like, where can I watch? Where can you find them? Right? I want to watch all of these. And I was sad I couldn't. We're thirsty for, um, for soccer. Honestly, for individual <laughs> soccer, we miss it. Uh, let's take a look at maybe some some of these results real quick. Uh, Kansas City Current, Orlando Pride actually meeting up for a scrimmage, played out to a 0-0 draw. Kansas City Current against Washington Spirit. Spirit uh, Current taking that one over the reigning champions, uh, winning 6-0 in that one. And then there's other teams uh, that will have some other uh, matches going on. But I want to talk about right now about games that had fixtures. When you're looking at maybe just these couple games right here, Lisa, the KC Current matches against Pride in Washington Spirit, what's what's standing out to you here? Uh, well, first of all, the KC Current winning over Washington Spirit <laughs> 6-0, I think that is a pretty fun stat, a fun yep. like first match for them to have. It's a and real then, preseason scoreline. <laughs> yeah, preseason scoreline. And then to go back to back and Kansas City to tie against Orlando yeah. Pride. Like I don't, yes, like the individual scores of each of those are interesting. But when you throw them together, the fact that Kansas City dominated against reigning NWSL champions, Washington Spirit, 6 nil and then tied to Orlando Pride, which is 
as as we said in our preview, they're they're going through a bit of a, a rebrand, a restructuring this year as Orlando Pride. And the fact that Kansas City could do that, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty surprised about what's happening here. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And that's why like I wish I could have watched these. And I wish I could have really seen everything that happened on the pitch without just like reading lineups and, and reading recaps. Um, I like that Kansas city is playing games, right? So that's the other thing. When we look at all of these preseason scrimmages and, and what's happening, um, teams that are playing, that's great. Like you should be playing. This is your preseason. You're about to start challenge cup. You're about to go against two new expansion clubs. Uh, depending on how you did in the last 2021 season, you are probably looking to improve or at least maintain that consistency. So you need to be playing matches you need to be playing scrimmages games against outside competition now playing against collegiate programs that's big and that's something and that's doing something as a former collegiate player we played against the red stars um in in wisconsin we played against um the red stars in our preseason and in the spring season so it helps but i think like as a college player i got more amped for that than they were just because i was like i'm going against the pros yeah. let's see what kristen press can do to me uh destroy me every time for <laughs> anyone that's curious um but but then to see that these clubs are going out of their way kansas city to play washington to play orlando that's really promising i think to see that happening when when you saw these sandra what did you like did you like that houston went to mexico they really found some outside competition Listen, you know I loved that. We chatted a little bit about about that and reacted to it a little bit on socials. Houston Dash and head coach Jim Clarkson are really continuing a little bit of a tradition here, right? Mm -hmm. This is not Houston's first rodeo in terms of jumping into inter-scrimmage competition with Liga MX Femenil teams, right? So there have been uh, moments in the past where uh, Liga MX Femenil teams have you know, come to Houston and played and Houston uh, jumping into Mexico and doing that. And uh, they went a little uh, further south into Mexico. They actually uh, faced off against uh, Pumas Feminil uh, for this preseason scrimmage, which is uh, they're based out of Mexico City. So heading a little further south, right, in, into into the country, which I think is going to give a little bit of a different experience, right, mm -hmm. for this Houston Dash team in their preseason. They're going to be the only team that sort of has this type of event that can yes also that that's going to have training that's going to have a game or that had a game attached to it but also have this sort of team camaraderie kind of experience so this sort of team building um experience to sort of have with them adjacent to all of this stuff that they're doing in preseason i think is going to be huge for the dash honestly uh when we're sort of looking at them uh, towards the end of things overall how they sort of tackle their regular season yeah they end up walking away with a win right um and it absolutely had some preseason vibes to it. This was the game that we were alluding to when we were talking about. Not a ton of these preseason games were available to watch, but Houston Dash made this one available. There was a live stream yeah. that they were able to connect with a feed out there in Mexico and be able to put up on their website, and people were able to take a look at that. So largely scoreless for the most part, majority of the game, but uh, a late game winner for Houston Dash. And uh, I liked that. I liked seeing these two sides go together. I, I was left with the same impression that I always have. I, I would love to see more pre-season, uh, yeah. pre like because it's it's NWSL preseason, but Liga MX Feminil is 
in season. So it's like this kind of interest, like it's an opportunity, I think, for, you you know, both of these leagues to kind of yeah. get there and sort of go toe to toe. Right. So um, it, it was a it was really interesting to sort of see. You definitely saw some what I think you consider kind of like a, a dash B side a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of the lineup. Right. Yeah. Uh, going up against maybe some some typical starters of, of Fuma Semenil. So uh, yeah, it was do you think, sorry, if word vomit question here, do you think that James Clarkson being a, a coach at Washington or at Houston now for a few years and, and kind of uh, getting the lay of the land gives him a leg up to get some of these preseason roster scrimmages like on the books early on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Clarkson's he's been involved in the Houston franchise uh, for a long time. He was with sure. youth, for Youth Academy specifically on the on the Dynamo Dash side of things. So he's he's been with the franchise for a little while before even going into that head coaching role, right? Um, and now he's got four seasons as a head coach mm-hmm. under his belt with with this this team. Um, but a lot of those uh, you know youth development uh, ties, you you reach out to to other areas, right? So he's got some connections, I'm sure, uh, deep on, on the, the Mexico side of things when it comes to being able to sit down, meet with people, have meetings and discuss about how to get games going in action that could benefit, you know, both clubs here, you know, there could be a mutually beneficial thing. And I think probably Clarkson more than any other head coach in the league understands and respects uh, the value of that, you know, in terms of being able to look right next door and say, Hey, there's actually a whole other country right next door with a fully professionalized league that we should start engaging with a little bit more when it comes to expanding a a club competition. Um, So as of, as of now, Houston uh, are the only franchise that can say that they have sort of met, you know, Mexico and Liga Mex Femino kind of halfway and sort of have, uh, you know, these these kind of uh, matches. So uh, whether they're uh, in, se- in regular season type uh, scrimmages or preseason scrimmages, I'm a big fan of them. I would love uh, to see the the continuation of this and honestly uh, the involvement of it, you know, and maybe see some other teams uh, get involved into the mix uh, of things as well. Yeah, I'm excited about this, but this is just a taste. That's like what the best part is, that it is preseason and it is a taste. Um, and uh, we're giving a lot of credit. Well, I'm giving a lot of credit to like these teams for getting these scrimmages and getting these mm-hmm. matches on the calendar because it's so necessary. But it's interesting that there also are teams that haven't announced preseason scrimmages no not yet but they'll be coming up i mean i know there's there's clubs yeah. that uh like you mentioned there's clubs that go against uh collegiate side mm-hmm. you speaking of personal experience about that you know haven't been with marquette but racing louisville right gonna have gonna face off against some uh opponents that uh you know the ncaa side of things uh so will north carolina courage that's that's something that's not unfamiliar with them right being in the same backyard as, as a UNC, as a Duke, you know, they'll, they'll likely see some uh, scrimmage or closed door competitions there. Uh, Portland, though, I think it's important to maybe highlight here, uh, they're bringing back uh, their preseason tournament. Portland typically hosted a spring invitational during preseason, which they would host two other NWSL sides and 
the United States U23 women's national team all in Portland. Uh, and obviously the brakes were pumped on that in light of the pandemic. It was one of the first things to actually get suspended and canceled back in 2020. And then we uh, really had, didn't see, uh, you know, the, the, the comeback of that, but here we are in 2022, they're going to have another spring invitational. It's going to be taking place March 5th through the 11th, this time at Providence park. And before in the past, it's taking place at uh, university of Portland. Uh, so it's going to be back at Providence park and it's going to be uh, the return of the red stars who have participated in every single one of these uh, spring tournaments uh, since their, uh, you know, since, uh, since their beginning. And then it's going to include OL rain. And it's uh, once again, going to include the U 23 team. So uh, round Robin style uh, for those teams to sort of get some preseason matches in, ahead of challenge cup so i'm sure we'll uh maybe be able to take in a couple matches uh there hopefully with the you know resources at portland and maybe we'll get to see some pre-scrimmage uh, preseason scrimmages on that end but with these matches some of them already taking place and some of them which will soon take place that means with a new month came some new roster updates and we're going to go through some of these because as we were doing our team by team previews for NWSL, we were going through these preseason mm -hmm. rosters, going through them by position, seeing which players had made this initial preseason rosters. And some of these rosters were huge, right? Lisa, we're talking like 36, 38, some players, and some of them were a little lower. So maybe with this first, with a new month, with this first round of cuts in preseason, uh, there might not be a ton for some teams. Well, on other teams, there might have been a significant uh, change, right? So maybe let's let's start right in order here. You want to maybe hit me with some interesting bullet points? What we're looking at for Angel City FC, they listed uh, twenty five previously, but now twenty six. What's what's going on here with Angel City? Yeah, so the interesting thing about all of these rosters, and we did go dive so deep into them when we did our team by team preview. But now that these official rosters are out, it's so interesting to look at the changes that happened. I mean, one of the biggest for Angel City that has been talked about uh, before, but no Julia, who was traded from Chicago in the offseason. Uh, she wasn't listed on their initial roster back in early February, and she's not listed on this one. It did come out um Angel City spokesperson reported to the Equalizer that she is not planning on playing throughout the 2022 season, but that was kind of it. That's about the extent of the information we have on Julia. It's um, if she does come back to play, change her mind, whatever circumstances change for 2022, Angel City still has her rights. So she is still with Angel City. Um, but otherwise, I mean, not too many changes, just adding one player to, to their roster listed now, but um, still three three goalkeepers, which I think is the biggest change when looking at all of these rosters and kind of overviewing them is the goalkeepers. A lot of teams had four, even five, and now they're down to three, which is much more typical and normal still um, midfielders being probably the largest number. When you look at the overall of all of these 12 clubs and their rosters that they put out, midfielders are probably the biggest. Um, so that's Angel City, not too many changes, but Chicago Red Stars, another roster that started with 37 in early February and now only has 33 players listed. Just a, a little bit of changes happening amongst them. I mean, 
mostly we saw roster numbers drop for these clubs. There were a few clubs that actually added players. OL Rain and Orlando Pride, they added each a player. Um, Chicago, they lost four. San Diego, they lost six. And Washington Spirit, the club that had the most number of players, 38 players originally listed on the roster. Now they only have 30. So that was a big difference. Still four goalkeepers for Washington Spirit, um, but a lot of player changes happening. Even like Kumi Okiyama, who was traded to Gotham, um, that had happened before. But yeah, just 30 players, which is still a lot. That's still a lot of players considering how many they're allowed to play. And for Racing Louisville, they have the lowest, the, the shortest roster, the lowest number of players with 24 listed on their preseason roster ahead of the Challenge Cup that's to come. But a lot of changes, a lot of players coming in and out of, of these rosters. Yeah, you know, Challenge Cup is coming up. It's going to be kicking off on March 18th. So I think with this first round, right, of, of cuts to the preseason roster, this is a little bit of a narrowing down. This is a little bit of a whittling down. Probably, you know, we're going to see a, a different mix of players involved in some of these Challenge Cup games, you know, outside of some of the preseason pre scrimmages that we've been talking a little bit about already. This is going to be the first kind of crack at NWSL versus NWSL type of competition. So seeing this kind of March for this early March first kind of, uh, you know, preseason cut, it just sort of sort of feels like, OK, now this is like the group that is going to be continuing to sort of try to, uh, you know, make certain strides together as yeah. something like the Challenge Cup looms closer because we're talking about at this point roughly two weeks or so yeah. away you know so the little things in between these rosters right I think I love hearing the things that you were mentioning right now between some of these uh some of these uh, cuts on, on the player rosters but the little little things that stand out to me are the things that I like to like kind of fixate on and, and pay attention to but like even with you mentioning with Gotham about how like they had uh you like similar to Washington that they had a ton of players and now they kind of narrowed yeah. down to just just 30 which is still technically a lot right there's gonna have to be another round of of cuts there to sort of meet the the, the player cap side of things but the little things like you know the Elizabeth Eddie not not being a defender listed as a defender yes. but being listed as a midfielder right like the positional things are always there was very a lot intriguing. of positional changes I mean you mentioned Elizabeth Eddie Brie Vasali originally listed as a forward for Houston now she's a midfielder Haley Mace for Kansas City originally a midfielder now as a defender um, Elizabeth Eddie as you mentioned so those changes are so interesting and is it because of the new coaches is it because of the other personnel and of course I mean you can be listed as a defender and start as a striker every game once the season comes around but it's just interesting to see kind of how these coaches categorize the players that they have on their team absolutely it's something that we're going to keep an eye on moving forward again as challenge cup gets closer and closer games that people will be able to watch across cbs platforms big network cbs cbs sports network and paramount plus we'll keep an eye on it with any other updates and keep all of our listeners informed as best as possible as usual we want to thank everybody for joining us and listening along to our news and notes episode you can follow us on twitter at attacking third for more we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, 
You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer during a mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, with our second edition of Title Nine Tuesdays. This episode focusing on basketball legend Sandy Brondello. You can check it out. For Sandy Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.